You're listening to the Jason Greger Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Experience all the excitement of the casino on your desktop or mobile device at PlayAlberta.ca. Sign up and receive a $50 welcome bonus using the promo code CASINO50. In Edmonton, uh, Jamie Thomas joins us. JT, how you doing? <laughs> I was like a, I'm like a two-cheeseburger french fry guy. So. Oh, I love the double cheeseburger. Oh, so good. God. <laughs> I, I worked with a guy at Sportsnet. We call him the Dalai Lama of fast food. If I, you just tell him, I have $10, where can I go? And he would give you the full menu, exactly what you could buy for $10. His name was Colin. He was legendary for that back in, uh, you know, a long time ago when I could actually eat fast food and not pay for it. (laughs) (laughs) It is true. Like, there's a certain window in your life where you should really appreciate that you can eat it and there's no recourse for it. It's fantastic. So, um, that's why now when I dabble in it uh, every now and then, it's amazing. Like, I I don't eat it nearly as fast as I used to because I like to cherish the times when I have it. Slow, slow bite, the slow burn. Get the old happy meal just to go back to your childhood and, you know. Sit there and open up the small fries, the yogurts, and uh, oh, good times. Mick chicken and barbecue sauce, buddy. It's a game changer for me. Oh, so well good. done, well so done, good. Sir. Actually, I had a meeting where I had a meeting at McDonald's uh, last month, mm-hmm. and as I left, they gave me a, like a free Big Mac coupon, and I just have it sitting there. I'm waiting for the day where I can have time to full. I can't remember last time I had a Big Mac, but God, I used to love them. So can't yeah. wait. So small things in life, JT. It's the small things in life yeah. that uh, when they you get, graduate from the cheeseburger to the Big Mac. That's, yeah. that's a big day. It's a big moment for sure um yeah. it's been a pretty good time for the jets of course the jets uh tied with the oilers um since remembrance day for most wins in the national hockey league and you know what the, the jets are good uh jamie i you know I, I don't know if anybody discounted them but everybody always talks about colorado and dallas but it's the jets who have the best points percentage in that division they're one point back of the ass but they have two games in hand uh, they're winners of four in a row they're eight oh and two in their last 10 how good is this team and is there any position that you think they'd they'd be looking to upgrade come the trade deadline yeah i i think they're really good right and i think the unfortunate part you as you you kind of talked about is you know everyone's talking about colorado and dallas in the central and it was kind of that incident between cole perfetti and ryan hartman that got the kind of national attention for the winnipeg just for all the wrong reasons because i mean clearly that that's a bad incident and whatever happened happened but you would like to see more a little more respect nationally for the winnipeg jets uh for how well they're playing right now and then a lot of it stems is for how well they defend and i think a lot is lost the fact that they're doing a lot of this right now without connor kyle connor in the lineup their best goal scorer so the uh, the the commitment to the defensive side of the game has really put them in a good position they're comfortable in the game they're comfortable if they're trailing uh, you know, they don't cheat for offense. They realize what what has to be done defense first and things will start to go with all the, the talent that they have on the roster. And to answer your second question, the one one part of where the Jets are struggling right now is in the face-off circle. So okay. uh, I, I don't know, you know, if there's, you know, face-off wizards out there at the trade deadline that they go out and get, but they, they need they, they got to get better in that department, whether or not they get that or – but I, I think seriously, you, I think you got to have a little more depth up the middle. Um, clearly, you know that trade you you, you trade Pierre, Pierre Luc Dubois to the Los Angeles Kings and bring in three players. But I think you're kind of missing a second center at this point. Vladislav Nemestikov's done a great job uh, centering the second line, but I think as the things wear down here, I think you you probably should look at getting a number two center. It's kind of surprising, you know. Shifley's decent in the draw. Lowry should be a good faceoff guy. Why the struggles? Yeah. He, yeah, Lowry, Adam Lowry is doing a great job in the face-off circle. It's just, you know, Mark Shifley is 
pretty good. It's not is not his forte though. And I think where one of the one of the problems with the Jets and their power play isn't really excelling at the moment is losing draws. Right, you're you're not getting possession off the faceoff. And Mark Shifley's forte is not his faceoffs. And sure, he's going to work on it a little bit. Um, but I think you 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 certainly need to help in that department. Now, Rasmus Kapari is pretty good in that department, but he's been hurt for an extended period of time here. Uh, David Gustafson has been the, sa- the fourth-line center. Um, right now, it's Dominic Toninato who's doing an adequate job there, but you need somebody that's very reliable, and I don't think the Jets have that right now. And I feel like I'm nitpicking because of how well they're playing, but as you get down you yeah, know, yeah. to March and April after the trade deadline, when things it starts getting harder to win, and again, on the power play, you need to have puck possession, um, and certainly that's something in a department they need help in. I look at uh, at Winnipeg, and you know they, they've got Hellebuck. Um, you know Morrissey yeah. now has turned into, I think, a legit top pairing defenseman. I don't think there's much debate mm-hmm. on that. Um, and they're what's impressive about this is there's no Kyle Connor right now. Yeah, yeah, it, it's nuts, isn't it? And I think and he, look at the beginning part of the year they lost Gabriel Velarde, and it was supposed to be Kyle Connor, Mark Shifley, and Gabriel Velarde on the top line. That was what the number one line was penciled in as, and they haven't had that opportunity. So when Velarde came back. Nikolai Ehlers was lighting it up on the top line, so they had they had to slowly bring in Bellardi with the game against the Oilers. Um, that he made his return, um, and then then Kyle Connor gets hurt, so you haven't really been able to see what you want from that top line. And certainly, that's probably helped uh, not help the power play either. Never having Kyle Connor and, and Gabe Bellardi together for an extended period of time, so it, the. The fact that they keep defending first and then just finding offense a little bit later has been so impressive. And, you know, you can look up and down the roster and, and you said, I think you can say you probably can't lose Connor Hellebuck for an extended period of time because Lauren Brassois has been great, but, I, you know, hasn't been proven to be number one guy. And you can't lose Josh Morrissey would be a, a huge loss if that ever came down. And I don't think he could survive without Mark Shively. So they, I don't want to say they've been fortunate, but they've been able to survive without now Kyle Connor for an extended period of time. Looks like he'll be out till after the All-Star break. And then they survive without Gabriel Velarde for a long time, too. So the depth of the team, especially up front, Jason, from that trade with, with Los Angeles, yeah. um, that, that's been so huge because they were top six heavy, I felt, for the, for the longest time. And now I think they can survive, you know, and they've proven it that they can survive in, in injuries. Now you don't want to go into playoffs without Kyle Connor or Gabe Velarde, anybody. But uh, so far, so good in that department. Jamie Thomas joins us talking uh, Winnipeg Jets. Uh, like the Oilers, uh, they are uh, two of the hottest teams in the National Hockey League the last two months, uh, tied for the most wins since Remembrance Day. And the Jets 8-0-2 in their last 10 games, and most of that without Kyle Connor, which is, uh, which is pretty impressive. Um, you know what? There, there's always a few surprises on a team when they start rolling mm. like this. Who who have been the guys? Like obviously, you expect certain play. Like you expect Hellebuck to play well, so him playing well isn't a shock to me, Jamie. But who's yeah. kind of elevated their play here the last few months in, in Winnipeg? That maybe above the level people were expecting. Well, I think you can look right now at the fourth line. Because, and I'll just this is a short period of time since the Christmas break. They, they do call it Dominic Toyonato because David Gustafson is hurt. And the fourth line of Axel Jans and Fialbi, uh, Dominic Toninato, and Morgan Barron have scored in five straight games. And I, I don't think many teams can say, hey, the, my, our fourth line has scored in five straight games. <laughs> but they've been the beneficiary of that so far. Uh, I still don't – like I, I know I kind of knocked last on the Meskov a little bit earlier. I just think that wherever the Jets put him, 
he has been sneaky good. Like it just the the where they put him in the second power play. He provides. He kills penalties. I just, a guy that literally you move up and down the lineup and and he does something. So again, faceoff not his his strength, but everywhere else, steady defensive play in his own end. I just think there's an underappreciation for Vladislav Nemestnikov on the Winnipeg Jets out. Maybe, you know, the fans are kind of catching on a little bit here, and certainly organization-wise, they, they appreciate everything that number seven brings. But I think he's been sneaky good. And then outside follow, I think, you know, he, people have appreciated him, and he filled in for Gabriel Velarde on the top line for a little bit after Velarde went out in, in October but man, that guy has got a great stick, and he's one of the best guys at forcing turnovers. He knocks the puck out of that midair. Uh, he comes in with a, a good, you know, he's the Los Angeles Kings, who the Oilers know very well. Great defensive structure with the old one-three-one um, in the in, through the neutral zone and the defensive style of play. So he leaves a defensive-minded team and comes to Winnipeg, where Rick Bonus and Scott Arneal and company have been trying to drill into everybody: defense first, defense first. So to me, outside follow has been pretty sneaky good. I, I, I knew he was okay, and um, but I really appreciate what he has brought to the Winnipeg Jets. So there's Nemestikov and and uh, Alex I follow to me, two guys that uh, aren't getting enough attention as I think they should. February twentieth. All of a sudden, it's the rivalry didn't know we needed, but it's here. Winnipeg and Minnesota. Like, I'll be honest. Like, hey, I know Ryan Hartman's cheap. That's what he is. Uh, yeah, I, I was, yeah. It was a cheap shot. It was far from dangerous. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I, I loved uh, Mike Russo's article. I'm sure you read it today. Basically, you know, Hartman yeah. saying, "Yeah, Cole Perfetti was mic'd up, and he kept trying to bait me into saying I did it on purpose. Kept asking me multiple times, <laughs> and I was like, wow, that's a cheap move.' And then he, and then I'm not a big fan of what happens on the ice. It's said for somebody to spill it into the media. I know it's great." Yeah. For the for the stuff, but I wouldn't do it personally. But man, I'm yeah. telling you, I already looked it up to say, okay, when do these two teams play next? And man, that is going to be one of the best nights in Winnipeg because I'm pretty sure the game's in, in the peg on the 20th. Yeah, it's it's it, by far that's you could say Vegas a little bit, and I and I love the emotions that come through when Edmonton and Winnipeg play. But man, like just. You look back to last year when the Jets needed two points to clinch a playoff spot, and they go into St. Paul and they get a big three-one win, and Adam Lowry has to fight at the end, uh, a big scrap there too. And just the two teams and the the fan bases don't like each other. There's been a lot of going back and forth on Twitter right now with the, the media and uh, the fans about the Ryan Hartman incident too. So. Uh, yeah, looking forward to it. It's it's been the most. It's never boring. It was great that they had that home and home two matinee games um, right after or right after the holidays, leading up to the New Year's. And uh, man, it's it's rare in a regular season. You're you're looking and trying to circle a game a little bit later, but that's certainly going to be the case when Minnesota and and Winnipeg get back together for a third time. JT, always good to catch up with you, man. We appreciate it and uh, look forward to when the Jets and the Orders play. Man, it'd be nice. I know they don't mean anytime soon, but uh, both teams rolling. It's too bad. It'll probably be a really good game right now. I know, I know, but they always are. So yeah, I mean, that's, that's true. Again, I, that's nothing, nothing new in that department. So yeah, looking forward to that. And thanks for having me on, man. Have a great weekend.